Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 234. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Moonshots family members, as well as all of our members, subscribers, listeners, and viewers. Mike, I think it's fair to say that we've got a pretty impressive bookend to one of our perhaps Dark Horse series on the Moonshot Show taking place today, don't we? Yes, I think he's a bit of a rising star. I think he's a bit of an alchemist of different ideas, and he's got his own ideas too. So how good is it that we are going to wrap up a very special series today? I think I quite like that description of alchemist because I think he probably would suit the title alchemist quite well. I think today, diving back into Michael Bungai Stanier after a, a three-episode series, Mike, is perfectly timed. So today, listeners and viewers, we are uh, closing up the loop, shall we say, with Michael Bungai Stanier. We've covered the coaching habit. We've covered the advice trap. Today, we are digging into his third book and one of perhaps Mike, my favorites of the series, which is how to begin start doing something that matters. Now, I tell you what, and maybe I say this every time as well, if there's a proposition on a book cover that sounds enticing, how to begin start doing something that matters is up there, Mike. <laughs> I think Michael has his marketing down. Yes, you're absolutely right about a good payoff, a good subheading. But I think this episode, above and beyond anything else, is for those of us, i.e. all of us, that face the challenge of getting going or maybe finding our way through the obstacles. Maybe we're a little bit overwhelmed with our goals and ambitions and our dreams and our hopes, and sometimes we procrastinate. Yes, Mark. Heaven forbid, we sometimes do put off what we should be doing. So don't defer any longer into tomorrow. Start today with How to Begin from Michael Bungay Senior. We will help you overcome all those hurdles, get started on what you're meant to be doing so you can follow your path, find your purpose, and be the best version of yourself. So, Mark, I think we should let it rip, don't you? Well, let's launch straight in with Michael Bungay Stanier. This time he's going to be talking to Marshall Goldsmith, and we're going to hear a little bit from Michael about how we all need to start working on hard things. What do people get wrong about setting goals? Ah, yeah. You know, I started writing this book and I didn't think it was going to be about goal setting. I didn't think it was going to be centered on that. I thought it was going to be another crack at trying to figure out what does it take to change? Because behavior change, which is the work we do as educators and as facilitators and as coaches, as everybody knows, is, is a tricky thing. I'm like, I'd love to try and simplify that and make that more practical. And it turned out that I, I tried to write that book. <laughs> I, sent it, I sent a draft off to a friend. And he went, Michael, I've read 50 pages of your book. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I was like, okay, I need to go back and take another crack at this. And when I, when I looked at the rubble of that first draft, there was one phrase that really stood out. We unlock our greatness by working on the hard things. So it occurred to me that I was like, I want to help people work on the hard things, things that are thrilling and important and daunting for them, so they can set a worthy goal. And as I thought that through in my head, it wasn't quite as fast as that, but it kind of came to me. It occurred to me that the way we often set goals at the moment basically don't work that well. They drive me nuts. 
mean, lots of people are familiar with the idea of a SMART goal. Yeah. And sure, there's a place for SMART goals, but when you think of all the acronyms as SMART, specific, measurable, actionable, timely, and so on, it's all about kind of tidying things up. It's all about reducing the goal, kind of clarifying where the edges are. And if you, if you don't have the right goal, you can very easily have a SMART goal that is just working on the wrong thing. And then the other thing that people have heard about is BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And I, I like those. But mostly when those are talked about, they're talked about in the context of organizations. You know, they come from Jim Collins's work, which are great. So either it's the goal is way too big and it's too abstract and it's big and it's hairy and it's almost impossible, or it's smart, which means it's, it's tightly measured, but it might not be the right thing. I wanted to fill the gap. That's what a worthy goal does. It's a goal that lights you up. It's a goal that contributes to the world. And it's a goal that teaches you. It's daunting. It pushes you to the edge of your own learning capability. Mark, there is a ton for us <laughs> to get into here. So what he just presented to us is we can make the mistake of either eight being too big and grand with no mm how and what, or maybe we're so defined on the what, we don't know if it's we're doing it for the right reason, right? So we've made it so specific, but the question is, is it the right direction, right? <laughs> we're pedaling, exactly. but are we pedaling fast? Yes, but are we pedaling fast in the right direction? I don't know, right? Yeah. yeah. So so a bit of a bit of a dilemma there with, you know, doing the work and Particularly, I think what he's talking about is doing things that are hard because if you are doing the right thing, I think what we've learned on the show, Mark, is it actually should be hard, right? Mm, that's right. I think, as he mentioned in that clip, when you're working on something hard, that's when you're growing. That's when you're getting the most out of it. And I think we've all probably experienced, probably not when the fire is taking place, but once you've got through maybe a challenging period, you tend to look back at it and think, hey, you know what? I think I learned something there. I think where Bungay Stanya is going with regards to goal setting here is helping us perhaps put a little bit more rigor around that choice rather than making things difficult for us. Because, you know, that great saying, uh, the best laid plans of mice and men, Mike, will come back. So... <laughs> Even though you might set out a great goal, a great foundation that you want to work on, at the end of the day, it might be, you know, a challenge or it might get a little bit sidelined and things might get in the way, deprioritization and so on. But I think where Michael's come here is by setting that right goal, that worthy goal at the very start, you're almost setting that intention to yourself so that you're more likely to stick to it. We it's all know January 1st comes around. Mike, I want to get a six pack and, you know, this is what I'm going to plan on doing. It doesn't, it doesn't feel particularly worthy. So I'm probably going to forget about it after a period of time when it gets in the way of me enjoying myself. Instead, where I like Michael's taking us here is if it's really valuable to you, and we're going to dig into this a little bit more on the show, if it's thrilling, important and daunting, you're more likely to stick to it because you care much more about it. So the reason that you touched on something that we all face, which is it's all fine having a plan or a goal, 
but then things start to happen. There's, I'm going to come back at you with another very wise and ancient saying from none other than Mike Tyson, and that is we all have a plan until we get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you are into this moment, if for our members and our viewers and listeners, if if this feels like a moment you're in right now, you should be re reading the work of Michael Bungay Center. I would also encourage you to read Ikigai, uh, this intersection of passion and purpose and what you can get paid for. There's a whole lot of work in this area, specific to what MBS has said. I think the pattern we see is super clear. Let's break it down together, Mark. Like it, you know, your goal, your worthy goal, it should be daunting. Sometimes we hear people talk about stretch goals, right? There's no yes. use planning a set of goals that you know you're very likely to hit every single one of them. Because where's the challenge in that, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. it. I mean, if you've got a nice simple goal, such as um, I don't know, sharpen my pencils today, something like that. I'm, you're less likely to stick to it, Mike, because it doesn't really get you going. It's a little bit straight and narrow, isn't yeah, it? I've got this too easy. But if you said paint, uh, draw five sketches today, you might be like, okay, better get perky and ready and, and let's let's get going. And so mm. the art there, a daunting shouldn't be impossible, right? It should be like, yep. whoa, okay, that's going to take some work. What do you think? Yeah, I, that's exactly right. I think, again, what MBS calls out is, is BHAG, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. A lot of the time, those are very valuable, but also I've seen them in my career when they're just a little bit too much. And when you are set a goal or a target, a KPI perhaps, either as a team or an individual, and you kind of have a sneaking suspicion this is never going to happen. Too ambitious. <laughs> never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think there's there's two sides to that coin. You've got individuals who perhaps are aware of it, and then what happens is it demotivates them because then they think, oh, there's no way we can go and land on of the course. moon like that. Of no course. way. At the same time, though, when there are people who do believe it will happen, then there's a sense of disconnect because then you realize, well, why do, why, what are they, how are they drinking the Kool-Aid? Mm. Why do they think this is possible? And what happens to the team then? It, it segregates because you don't have that unity. Mm. What I like MBS is, is calling us out here is if you create a goal that's daunting, it should be orientated around, you know, a little bit of feasibility. Yes. It should be helping you as we've got behind us. It's going to push you, of course, you know, like David Goggins would say, if you're not, if you're stationary and you're static, you're not growing. So therefore you're essentially dead, okay. but also you should be able to help reach your potential. Yeah. And I think that's that's the kicker for me, yep. that element of feasibility. Yep. It's relatively, it's going to push you to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, it is going to be achievable if you set your mind to it. Yeah. And then you're going to get motivation. Yeah. Push you, not kill you, I think is. The... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's exactly. For our viewers, that's what you'll see here on this, this chart. So check out YouTube uh, if you want to catch the show um, in full glorious video. Now, the next one he's got on the worthy goal in this chart is important, followed by thrilling. Obviously, the important thing is it should be bigger than you. It should be giving to the world and uh, it should be generous and it should contribute to your legacy. I think that one's 
pretty straight through. But what are your thoughts on this third requirement that your worthy goal should be thrilling, Mark? I, I find this is perhaps unsurprisingly maybe the most interesting. I think we covered on the show before this idea of uh, ambition, setting goals, being motivated. And I think a consistent thread that we found throughout the MBS series is also curiosity. I think where Bunga is taking us with the third worthy goal uh, item within his list with thrilling is a combination of those factors. I think thrilling can be something that really gets you going in the morning. Let's say it's a new job or a new project. You've got something brand new that you have to go and learn. We've all been in positions, and perhaps we always will be, in positions where we learn new stuff. And I find, Mike, when I've got to go and learn something new, there's that sort of mixture of excitement and fear. You don't quite know what's going to happen, and that's kind of exciting. I think that's the thrilling aspect that we can start to inject into our setting of goals. Because again, similar to uh, reaching a potential and, and pushing yourself, if you can get something that gives you that sense of immediacy, that sense of excitement, it does help you get motivated. I find that if I've got something new that I want to go out and try and experience in my job, it's possible that I'm going to wake up and feel more motivated that day because I know it's going to be something different. Yes. It's going to be a bit of variety. Yes. And it's going to help me stay sharp. It's going to help me enjoy the work that I do yep. because it is exciting. Big time. So look for the thrills, look for the spills, you know, ask the question, what if we, and then insert achievement, what if we did this? What if we accomplished this dream big, you know, have some energy, um, dare to be different, to be courageous. And that'll be a, a thrilling goal, an important goal, and one that should be just that little bit daunting. Well, I think actually you've reminded me, Mike, that, there's a good consistency here, I would say, and maybe this is a good um, a partnership between MBS and Brené Brown. Brené Brown's obviously pushing us to be brave, enter the uh, braving the wilderness, enter the arena. I would say that if you pair the worthy goal setting from MBS with the intention in the, the intentionality of working with um, somebody like Brené Brown. Uh, Brené Brown's work on staying, you know, hard and getting out there. I think you're going to be aligned to success, aren't you? You really are, and and you know, success isn't all like hyper color, big muscles, and go go go. It's vulnerability. It's facing self doubt and fear. And I, I believe that is the biggest thing that we face when we shoot for the moon is overcoming those feelings because we know that everybody has those thoughts and those feelings. But doing things like this and knowing it's going to be a bit, you know, daunting, uh, that's all part of the process. But I tell you what, Mark, I tell you what's not daunting, and that's being a member of the Moonshots podcast. It is an honour for me every single week to bring our members to light. So please welcome individuals who maybe no longer need an introduction, but we know are out there braving the wilderness and learning out loud with us every single week. And they include Bob, Marjolin, Ken Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, and Lita, Sid, Mr. Bonjour, Paul, Berg, Kalman, Joe, Christian, Samuela, Barbara, and Andre. 
Eric, Chris, Deborah, and Lasse, Steve, Craig, Daniel, and Andrew, Ravi, Yvette, Karen, and Raul, all of whom are now uh, our annual members who I think, Mike, are possibly uh, just desiring this ambition of keeping themselves thrilled, interested, and determined to just keep on learning out loud. So well done to all of our annual members. Thank you for being with us. But hot on those heels, as always, are PJ, Nikawara, Ola, Ingram, Dirk, and Emily, Harry, Karthik, Venkata, and Marco, Jet, Roger, Anna, Roar, Nimelen, Diana, and Christoph, Denise, Laura, Smitty, and Corey, Bertram, Daniela, Mike, Dan, and Antonio, and our brand new members, Vanessa and Zachary. Thank you guys all so much for joining us as members of the Moonshots podcast. Yes, and if you are a viewer or a listener and you're not yet a member, hop over to moonshots.io, click on the big members button because that brings you none other than officially certified, lunar-powered, good karma. That's right, moonshots.io, become a member. It is, wait for this, Mark, it's the cost of one cup of coffee a month. That's it. That is perhaps even more thrilling than a good cup of Australian coffee, Mike. I'd say that that's money that's going straight into your education fund. I'll tell you what, MBS would say to us, that's thrilling and it's important, but it's not very daunting. (laughs) So I think we should hear from him a little bit more about this formula. Let's go and discover what it really does take for a worthy goal. Perfect, Mike. I totally agree. Let's jump straight in to hearing Productivity Game give us a great breakdown of the thrilling, important and daunting aspects of a worthy goal. A life well lived is full of worthy pursuits. A worthy pursuit is something you find thrilling, important, and daunting. Thrilling means you're eager to wake up each day and do it. Important means it will benefit more than just yourself. And daunting means it demands more than what you are currently capable of. A daunting pursuit requires dedication and experimentation. Identify your worthy pursuit this year by considering pursuits in three possible areas. Projects, patterns, and people. Project pursuits focus on achieving something, like creating a podcast that gets a thousand downloads. Pattern pursuits involve new ways of being and behaving, like wake up at 6 a.m. every weekday to read and journal. People pursuits involve improving your interactions with people. For example, being a better friend, being a more patient and playful parent, or being a more confident team leader. Think of one pursuit in one of those areas that you want to make a priority this year. Then turn it into a worthy pursuit by increasing the thrilling, important, and daunting scores until your pursuit feels like a calling. Sadly, most people's pursuits score high on just two factors. Their pursuit is thrilling and important, but not daunting, which is too comfortable and are likely to regret not doing more. Or their pursuit is important and daunting, but not thrilling. These pursuits feel like an obligation. Or their pursuit is thrilling and daunting, but not important. This leads to empty wins because the pursuit doesn't benefit others. Avoid these three pursuit pitfalls by increasing your thrilling, daunting, and important scores to at least a 6 out of 7. First, increase the thrilling score. Author Michael Bungay-Stanier began a project in 2021. He called Create a New Podcast, but didn't find the project very thrilling. After writing and rewriting different versions, he crafted a more thrilling pursuit. Create a new professional-grade podcast. Creating a professional-grade podcast seemed like a thrilling intellectual challenge because he had to get really good at something he's always enjoyed, asking people questions and having meaningful conversations. If you need to up your thrilling score, 
Think of how you can make your pursuit a fun intellectual challenge and a vehicle for becoming great at something you've always wanted to be great at. Next, increase the daunting score. When Michael Bungay Stanier assessed the daunting score of creating a professional-grade podcast, he realized it wasn't challenging enough. So after a few more revisions, he upgraded his pursuit to be create a podcast that is in the top 3% of all podcasts within 12 months. This pursuit gave him just enough anxiety to stoke his ambition and dramatically increase his focus. Draft different versions of your pursuit by tweaking the scope and timeline until you discover your Goldilocks zone. Something not too hard, but not too easy. A goal that you can't achieve on cruise control. Discovering the Goldilocks zone is like an alien discovering Earth, a planet that's a perfect distance from the sun to allow life to thrive and grow. Now, increase the importance score. When Michael Bungay-Stanier strived to create a podcast in the top 3% of all podcasts, he also increased his importance score. Because by being in the top 3% of podcasts, his podcast would reach more than 10,000 people a month and likely have a positive impact on a good portion of those people. Increasing your importance score may require you to increase the scale and reach of your pursuit, or simply notice how your pursuit is indirectly improving people's lives. Mark, so much good stuff there and a real build on Ikigai. I mean, I look at this chart that we yeah. have for our viewers. It's like a, such a build on Ikigai. I think we've talked a lot about these three vectors, thrilling, important, and daunting. So I'm going to suggest mm-hmm. that we, we've got that covered and that we kind of move to talking about how do we embed these into our doing? How do we make this a habit? And I want to start with the best advice that I have for our listeners in how to make this a reality is to get somebody else involved. I think social accountability and also getting feedback on how you're thinking is of the essence here. Because if you conduct a largely once in a year academic uh, investigation into what is your worthy goal or a worthy pursuit, I, th- I, I just run the, the risk there of it never really happening on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Whereas if you are looking at this and building recurring habit list, if you are sharing the goal with someone else who will hold you accountable, who's going to ask you how you're doing, and if, yeah. you can, if you can make meaningful milestones that you can be held to by others and to kind of refine the worthy pursuit and hit the target zone in this chart, I believe that the sharing with others is the single best step to take. Otherwise, I feel like it's like the goal you never told anyone. If you don't hit it, then there's no, no stakes, is there? Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think that is the essential piece that probably um, for a lot of us, it, it doesn't come naturally. You know, the, the builds that I would have really center around holding yourself accountable with others. Mm. So you're totally right, Mike. I think that's kind of step, uh, if it's not step one, it's certainly the the most important priority yes. to get right. Yeah, I think the other piece that I would add to it, and this is a bit of a blend, I suppose, with sharing with others, but also sharing it with yourself is okay. reflecting. Oh, it's journal, reflecting on oh, journal on this baby. Correct. Right? Yeah. It's in that awareness because at the, at this, at the same time, we might, there might be listeners and, and viewers out there who are thinking, well, I don't know what 
is really daunting to me. I don't really know what's important to me. I think the only way, or maybe even what's thrilling, yeah, I might uh, enjoy going fast in a car, but I don't know what's thrilling with work because I've never seen it before or never really thought about it. And I think that's totally natural. And that's where I think this key important piece around awareness and reflection comes in. Because unless we hold ourselves accountable and take ownership of deciding for ourselves what thrills us, what is daunting to us, and what feels really important when we're working on stuff, who else is going to be able to tell me? Because in the greatest respect, if I'm talking to my partner, my boss, a colleague, they might have different ambitions, ideas of legacy, things that keep them up at night than I do. So uh, realistically, the only worthy pursuit that I'm going to be able to stick to is one that I create. And I think that really starts with understanding what is it that that does make me feel scared, make me feel excited, because then I can start to latch onto them, build on that, and then use it much like MBS encourages us to do as fuel to stay motivated and go out and and get stuff done. So, So imagine that you've written it out you've shared it with friends, you've made yourself very accountable, you're journaling on this. Should we Mm. reveal the elite level of realization? Do you think we should? (laughs) Well, I think, Mike, that's all around, uh, for me at least, checking in, being honest with yourself. Oh, that's that's definitely part of it. But, Mark, I want to go beyond that. How do we pound this into us so it is a self manner festing reality how do we make a dream come true and you have to repeat your goal every day write your goal every day i will it has to be down into your atomic level being if you don't say to yourself let's say you wanted to earn i don't know fifty thousand dollars a year then every morning you should say i will earn $50,000 a year. And you say Mm -hmm. it again and again every morning. You write about it. You reflect on it. You improve it. You don't give any chance for self-doubt, procrastination, uncertainty to creep in there. Because if you're not pushing forward, what happens, Mike? You stay still. And what happens when you stay still, Mike? That's it. Game over. Yes. And think about this. Someone as resilient and disciplined as David Goggins got lazy. He admitted this and never finished. The whole concept in his second book is you are never finished. This is a continuous activity. The refining on what you're here to do and doing it is something you do until the day you die. You are literally learning every single moment until you breathe no longer. Because if you pause, You get lazy, Mark. You get on the couch. Netflix has autoplay, Mark. It's too easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But it's it's a real reality, this, Mike. And I've seen it in myself as well as others around me. When you get a little bit comfortable, that's when I think you you start to realize something's off. Something, it's maybe I'm a little bit sluggish getting out of bed. Maybe I'm a little bit demotivated. And maybe that's down to things being or just feeling a little bit too easy. Maybe I'm not pushing myself. Not only is the work not necessarily important, but I'm not scared by it. I'm not excited by it. 
And that's where this daunting and thrilling aspects really come in to play in my mind. And that's why I think they're so important. I think the Ikigai framework is, is essential to consider. And that's a great way of thinking, okay, well, how can I create that balance, that um, effect that I'm having on others as well as those around me? What I really like, though, is, is where MBS takes us, which is kind of a little bit more, like you say, a little bit more David Goggins. Let's push ourselves to get afraid, really expose those nerves so that we get a little bit tougher. Yeah. It's like getting in the cold shower with, with Wim Hof, yeah. getting used to it so that it becomes a habit. Yeah, it becomes normal. And you, you'll be amazed at how far you can push yourself. And that's why daunting is important. And that's why you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yeah. what David Goggins clearly taught us is there's so much left in the tank, we just don't know about it until we yeah. push those limits. So go out and push those limits. And the greatest thing next to that that Goggins talks about is that even he spends these moments where he's just staring at his running shoes for like 30 minutes because he's tired and he's looking doesn't at want to do it. and he doesn't want to do it. So we all face fatigue, barriers. We don't always have a great day. We all face self-doubt, uncertainty, and these things come along in all sorts of forms. Sometimes they're distractions. But if you're feeling like you want to conquer distractions, I would definitely head to one place in the universe, Mark. And it's a little old destination. It's in the galaxy of websites. And I think at this place, Mark, you can find show notes, archives, tips, links, blogs, anything to be the best version of yourself. Do you have the coordinates for said planet in the solar system? Well, I'm just checking my TID scores, and these are 7 out of 7 or maybe even 10 out of 10. And that destination, Mike, is moonshots.io. If MBS tells us that anxiety brings focus, I would build on that and say moonshots.io is a great precursor to that as well. You can find, as you say, show notes, upcoming episodes, historical archive shows. We've done 234 episodes. There's a plethora of information out there. We have learned out loud for a few years now with all of our fans and members and Moonshot listeners. So dive in to moonshots.io. Get excited, get curious, and let us know what, what ticks your boxes. What are you learning out loud nowadays? And you can get in touch with us as well, Mike, can't they? They can, absolutely. So head over to moonshots.io. And while you're considering such a proposition, here's another one. We have got more from Mr. Michael Bungay-Stainer. So, Mark, let's slay him in the aisles. Let's hit the home run. What else have we got from Michael Bungay-Stainer? Well, look, one of the key things that we've probably noticed, Mike, as we explore the TID steps of thrilling, important, and daunting is occasionally things are going to get in the way. Distractions might come up. So what we're going to hear from now is Productivity Game give us the next part of this uh, path to success. And it's specifically now about how we should consider our prizes, but also punishments. See your pursuit, see your pursuit like a trip through the galaxy on a rocket ship. You're trying to stay on course but you're constantly pulled off course by gravitational forces. The giant planets and stars that create those gravitational forces represent the benefits of the status quo, like comfort, familiarity, status, authority, and control. Stanier says, until you understand your commitment to how things are right now and why you don't want to start your worthy pursuit, 
it's almost impossible to free yourself. Take two minutes to list the prizes you will enjoy if you don't start your worthy pursuit and maintain the status quo. Then list the prizes you expect to receive if you do pursue your worthy goal. Now take two minutes to write out the punishments you'll face if you maintain the status quo and the potential punishments you'll face if you embark on your worthy pursuit, like temporary setbacks, frustration, and embarrassment. Your status quo punishments may include quiet suffering, lack of fulfillment, and living with the knowledge that you could have done more with your life. Maintaining the status quo can also punish people around you if you become bitter and resentful of people taking risks and enjoying worthy pursuits. Now, if you've successfully identified more worthy pursuit prizes than status quo prizes, and fewer worthy pursuit punishments than status quo punishments, you have wind at your back and are ready to begin your worthy pursuit by creating a reliable practice. A reliable practice is simply a series of small steps you trust yourself to take consistently to keep your pursuit alive and well. Find your practice through experimentation and iteration. Try several recommended practices until you find something that works for you, then simplify it and streamline it. Through a series of week-long experiments, I found that doing each push-up and pull-up set to half exhaustion with more than 15 minutes between sets, as renowned strength coach Pavel Tetsuin recommends, and then adding air squats as a third exercise option has allowed me to keep my pursuit alive. The process of finding a practice is like an entrepreneur testing different mobile app products. The majority of the apps they make don't gain traction. But when one app starts to generate sales, they commit their time and resources to iterating that app until it generates a steady stream of revenue. Be a worthy pursuit entrepreneur by taking risks and experimenting with different practices until you find an effective practice. Then iterate that practice until you have a series of simple daily steps you can reliably perform to generate a steady stream of progress. Uh Preaching to the choir, Mark. <laughs> I was okay. thinking that sounds like a write-up for moonshots. Yeah, that is so moonshotty. I, I really, honestly, I like. I, I feel like the only thing I can say is I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I think I where right. he goes, though, Mark, is like if let's let's say that you and I are really stuck. I and we kind of know we should be doing something, but we're not. I would say the overwhelming thing we can do is think about the long-term implications and punishments to use Michael's uh, vocabulary that we would face. So if you keep eating too many snacks late at night and not exercising, then you'll get obese, then you might get diabetes, and then you're going to have some chronic problems. Okay. They're your punishments. And maybe you need to write about those and really go, okay, how much longer am I prepared to have half a tub of ice cream every night? <laughs> like at what point do I actually want to say, yeah, I would like to live, please. That would be great. I mean, I make it dramatic for the sake of making this point here, but I think we're, again, I think the social element is big here. It's like, what's the cost if you don't change? And sometimes yeah. uh, that gets us out of our chair. I mean, the big thing, Mark, and you know, this is my favorite, you just ask, what will my legacy be when I'm gone? How will I mm. be remembered? And that for me is the absolute knockout punch. Whenever I'm lagging, I'm like, hang on a second. Who do I want to be remembered as? How do I want to look mm. at my positive impact on others? Um, and that's that's good for me. That, that thing is so powerful. 
the fear of wasting time, wasting life is such a powerful motivator for me. I say, go find your one, right? Go find the one that makes you get out of bed. When you're a bit stuck, Mark, what's the punishment that you think? What's the mechanic you, you use to go, wake up, Mark, let's get at it? It's 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 a good one because it's a good question and we should all ask ourselves that because again it leads us back to those TID steps and around awareness and knowing what what matters to us. I think Mike, for me, when I notice myself um, maybe getting into that state, I try and remember that nothing is permanent. And what I mean by that is just because maybe I'm feeling a little bit um, lethargic, maybe. I don't feel challenged. Maybe uh, it feels like one of those, as as productivity game was bringing to life, those mobile apps of the entrepreneur, they're all failing. I try and remind, remind myself, well, it's only consistent and static if I choose it to be. So in that story that productivity game was bringing to life via MBS, the journey that that entrepreneur is going on with the failure of apps is education and growth. And it ultimately might lead to success. For me, when I'm feeling that little bit lethargic, maybe I've had half a tub of ice cream and, and I can't really be bothered. I think, well, do I, do I think that this is the moment? Is this the failure? Is this it? Am I done? And instead, I use that as motivation or a reminder yes. to then say, well, nothing's temporary. Uh, sorry, everything's temporary. Nothing's permanent. If I choose and I take ownership, of how my mood is. If I choose to dig in a little bit harder, maybe push that little bit more, find out where my extremes are, then I can go to bed at night feeling more satisfied. I know that I'm in control of who I am and how I react to things. I am in control of how I view failures and challenges. And that's a great motivator. But ultimately, again, it comes down to holding yourself accountable, doesn't it? Yeah. Holding itself to remember these facts and and follow through. Steve Jobs had this great quote, which is sort of a riff on, you know, some ancient wisdom, which is to live every day as if it was your last. Mm. Yeah. I mean, imagine that this is the last day of our existence. Okay. Quick reevaluation of priorities right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm happy if that was the case that we'd uh, put through a great show on MBS bookending the series, because I think if we, if we ladder back to those goals, Mike, you and I and the Moonshots family are all trying to learn out loud together with our listeners and members. That is one of those goals. That is a thrilling, daunting and interesting aspect. And I think MBS would probably be pretty happy. With us giving that a go, right? I think so. I think he'd be proud. And I think it's only appropriate, Mark, that we kind of, for our last clip, tip the hat on perhaps one of the greatest themes of his work. So why don't you set that up for us as we play out the last clip of MBS? That's right. Playing out the last clip, not only of our episode today on how to begin, but the whole MBS series is Michael talking again with Marshall Goldsmith, and he's assessing some tests that he puts into practice when committing to goals, as well as a very, very important factor and theme, which is all about staying curious. One of the successes of the coaching habit book 
was one of the questions, I called it the focus question, which is, so what's the real challenge here for you? And it just has a key insight that coaches will be familiar with, which is the first challenge that people pull up is almost never the real challenge or never the only challenge. It's worth staying curious a little bit longer so you can kind of poke at that challenge. And actually in goal setting, it's similar. It's like, look, the first time you define a goal, don't be fooled into thinking that that's the best version of your goal. A goal strengthens if you draft it and redraft it and you test it and you kind of do all you can to make sure it is optimal for you around thrilling, important, and daunting. So I came up with three tests to help you kind of work through the drafting process. Test number one, this is really good for thrilling. I call it the spouse-ish test. And if you're lucky in your life, you have somebody who is a deep, trusted friend, somebody who really knows you, somebody who really gets you. In my case, I'm about to celebrate 30 years with my wife, Marcella. So she's my person. She's a spouse. But not everybody has a spouse or not everybody's spouse plays that role for them. But you want somebody who knows you, who gets you, who sees your patterns, who laughs at your jokes, who kind of has your back. And the spouse-ish test is this. You, you go and imagine or actually tell your spouse-ish person the worthy goal that you've drafted for yourself. And you, and you, you test their reaction. Is it, a, is it a yes, Michael, that's amazing. You should definitely do that. Is it a yes, but Michael, stop talking about it because you've been talking about it for five years now and I want you to get off your ass and get on with it? Yeah. Or is it a no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea, Michael. You should definitely not do that. And it doesn't really matter what their response is because whatever their response is, it's data. It's triangulation for you to kind of figure out how does this goal fit with me? So that's the first test, the spouse-ish test. The second test is really good for the important element. I call this the FOSO test. And FOSO isn't a cool place in New York where you live. It's, uh, it stands for for the sake of. And so this is where you look at your goal and you go, well, for the sake of what will I be doing this? And it's a way of you connecting to that bigger picture, that bigger act of service around how mm -hmm. does this actually serve something that I care about? Then the third test is the Goldilocks test and or the Goldilocks zone test, I should call it. And the Goldilocks zone is an idea out of astronomy. So one of the cool things about astronomy, Marshall, is that you know they have the capacity now to look at distant stars and, and kind of find planets around those stars. They've kind of right. managed to do that in the last 10 years. Right. In the last six months, they found the first planet outside our galaxy amazing 23 million light years away and as exciting as a planet is even more exciting is if that planet is in the goldilocks zone because the goldilocks zone is when it's not so hot that all the water evaporates and it's not so cold that all the water freezes but it's that place where water is liquid just like it is here on our planet right because liquid water means life or at least the potential for life Right. So with the Goldilocks zone test, you're really asking yourself, does this goal have the right heft? Not too big, not too small, not too hot, not too cold. Does it feel like I know how to start it, even if I don't quite know how to finish it? Well, we heard about the Goldilocks zone previously, so I think everyone is tuned mm -hmm. into that. Into that, It's a healthy stretch goal. That's another way of saying it. But Matt, for me, he touched on another big theme that we've picked up on in his work is you got to share your worthy goals with others. You know, that's right. Social proof, social accountability, whatever you want to call it. 
Mm. Uh, don't be the mad scientist up in your tower holding on to everything yeah. in your head because you will make the most elaborate excuses for why you didn't do it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and as we know, you know, your brain is not a good computer. So not only if we're trying to spin a lot of tasks, as Ken Blanchard would take, tell us, but also when you're setting those goals, Mike, it doesn't make sense to keep them all locked up in your brain or in your own journal. You might as well tell somebody else because you have no idea of sense checking them, do you? You don't know whether those are the right ones or not. Yes. And whilst, you know, Michael talked about curiosity towards others in that last clip, I think his bigger theme of curiosity is be curious in how you can grow. Be curious in how you can have impact on others and in the world. Be curious on how you can continually reappraise the speed and direction that you're going in order to be the best version of yourself. So this curiosity thing, oh, Mark, this this speaks to me so strongly. Like it's really one of my mantras, you know, you know, be curious and open to the world is something that I say and listen to every single morning. It's it's totally, totally the same for me, Mike. I have uncomfortable, something that doesn't feel necessarily easy to do because that experience is a great experience regardless. You're going to learn from it as long as you stay curious. Yes. So I'm very curious to know, Mark, what is the homework assignment you're taking out of this show? Look, I think the thing that really caught me in today's show was the idea of prizes and punishments. I think that's a great extension and build into what we've been discussing around awareness, staying true and understanding who you are while also talking about it to somebody else. I think the idea of tangibility, prizes, what am I going to get? What am I not going to get? Punishments, what am I going to get? What am I not going to get? Is a great, great way of grounding into quite practical steps and reminders of what you're trying to achieve, why you're doing it. And how you're going to go out and do it. Yes. I think that for me, Mike, is, is a great build that I'm going to remember. What are you taking away from today's show? Well, I do like the punishments thing, but just to be a bit mm. different, Mark, I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to take this as a massive validation of curiosity. Curiosity yeah. in the universe and every small particle within it. I'd be curious in others, in how you can be better. I think this is so important and has been something I've worked on for a long time and will continue to do so. So this is like a big re-energization on curiosity. So Mark, I want to say thank you to you. And I want to say thank you to you, our members, our viewers, and our listeners. Here we are together on show 234 with Michael Bungay-Stainer and his work, How to Begin. And it started with a story of getting focused on doing the hard things and using his special TID steps that's thrilling important and daunting in that little venn diagram is a worthy goal and along the way we'll get distractions you can avoid them just consider your prizes and punishments and above all else stay curious with your goals with others in the world around you and you'll be here together with us to learn out loud together to become the best version of yourself because that is what we're all about here on the moonshots podcast that's a wrap